we've been in a series on the I Am Statements of Christ, and we've been talking about the seven, well, we've hit two of them now, but there, there are, uh, well, how many of them are there? There's seven. They're all in the book of John. I've been encouraging you to read the book of John throughout the week, talk about it amongst your small group. We're leading up to Easter, which is the greatest event the world has ever known, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think reading through the Gospel of John will help you get there. And then as we study these seven I am statements, because it's just not enough to know what other people say about Jesus, but I want to know what he says about himself. And even when he said, I am God, he was declaring, I, I, that's what I am God. I'm, I'm, I'm fully God. But tonight, I am the door. I want to talk about three kind of doors. We brought a little door out just to kind of give us an illustration, hopefully, so that you can remember. But, but there's several doors, and doors are very... They're, they're in the Bible often. You can look up, even just Google the word door, and you'll find multiple scriptures on the word door. But the first door I want to talk to you about is the door of opportunity. There's a scripture in Revelations. It says this, Revelations 3. These are the words of him who is faithful and true. That's what we've been singing about, the faithfulness of God. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Let that sink in your spirit a minute. Later on in the verse, he says, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I'm just calling it a door of opportunity. God has a door. He's the door keeper. He's the one that opens doors. He's the one that shuts doors. I I went to school to be a teacher. I was going to teach high school history (laughs) and coach basketball. That was my dream. That was, that was the preferred future I had for my life. I had some great coaches growing up, and I wanted, they impacted my life. Guys that love God, I wanted to do it for Jesus. I wanted to change the lives of kids. I wanted to be involved in high school students. I wanted to win a state basketball championship. I wanted to accomplish it. And uh, the only thing I had to do to get through that door was pass the national teacher examination. This was... 25 years ago or so, so I don't even know what they do now, some praxis, praxis exam. But I, I not, look, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the brightest crane in the box, but I'm not stupid either. I never claim to be anything, but I got a degree from Southeastern University, which is a decent school. I got a master's degree in practical theology from Regent University. I got a doctorate from the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. Don't you just, doesn't it just sound smarter? Don't I, don't I look, don't I look better in Christian leadership? I never graduated at the top of my class. I never was, you know, I was in the top third or the bottom half. I, I, but I finished. I got it done. I wrote the papers. I passed most of the tests. I got it done. So, so I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not, again, I'm not the smartest guy but I'm not stupid either, and, and I, for the, for, the, for the love, whatever, I could not pass the NTE. I took it six times. Six times I took that test. I took classes to take the test. It was, the door was shut. The, my opportunity to be a high school coach and teacher was being slammed in my face because I could not pass the NTE. I took it the, the sixth time. I went, it was at Hampton University. I went to Hampton University. I walked in that class. I was feeling good. Had my number two pencils all sharpened up. Had everything ready to roll. I sat down and I broke out in a cold sweat. I, I had a fever. I mean, I just broke out in. I was freezing. 
my body was on fire. My head was about to explode. I, I walked 20 minutes in. I had to leave. I was just so sick I couldn't even think straight. And some people would say, some people would say, you just had texting anxiety, or you weren't prepared enough, or you weren't knowledgeable enough. I'm going to say that God shut a door that he didn't want, that he didn't want me to walk through. See, I thought I wanted to teach kids and coach boys. What God wanted was for me to teach adults, our young people, our whoever comes, and not coach them in basketball, but hopefully motivate them and spur them on in their love for God and their desire to follow him. And you, you might call it, you might call it not so smart, but I'm calling it that God shut a door. And when God shuts a door, no man can open it. But when God opens a door, he opens up an opportunity that you never thought was even possible or able. I never in a million years dreamed I would pastor such a great church as Cloverdale Assembly of God. And if the door would not have been shut, there's no telling what I'd be or what I'm doing tonight. When God opens a door, no man can shut it. And when God shuts the door, no man can open it. My middle son, Zach, wants to coach basketball, and he wants to coach at the college level. And, and, and here's, here's what we've heard. This is what, all about coaching at the college level. You got to know the right person. You got to be in the right place. You got to be in the right time. You could grind it out for 10, 15, 20 years and still not get your opportunity. That might be so if God's not your doorkeeper. If you're dependent on people, if you're dependent on being in a proper place, but if God is your doorkeeper, it does. No, God, no man can shut a door that God wants to open. And no person can close a door that God wants to. If you are, if God is your doorkeeper, he can open and shut. He can do whatever he prefers, whenever he wants to do it. Therefore, we, therefore he is faithful and true. Uh, he, there is a door of opportunity. And whatever that means in your life. And I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm not saying don't, you don't have to make the calls and you don't got to prepare and you don't have to do your thing. But if God wants your resume at the top of that list, he'll get it there. If some man says you're not smart enough or you're not wise enough or you don't have enough experience and God wants you there, he'll get you there. Because he is the God. When he opens a door, no one can shut it. And when he shuts a door, no one can close it. He, 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 he's faithful and he's true. There's a door of opportunity. There's also a door of protection. And, and I, would, I would take it out of this verse right here in Exodus chapter 12. Before I say that, let me just catch you up. Moses, on this, on this verse and what's going on here, Moses was, was leading the children out of Israel. Remember, he goes before God, I'm not eloquent, I can't talk. Well, just tell him I am who I am sent you. I'll, I'll be whatever you need and when you need it. You go, I'll provide. He gets to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's heart becomes hard. I'm not letting the children go. Israel go, I don't even know what God you're talking about. In fact, you're just caught, you're, you're, you're just making them lazy. You got them all worked up. They think they're leaving. They're not working as hard. So from here on out, they still have to get the same quota of bricks, but we're not giving them straw. I'm just going to put a bigger burden on their back. And, uh, and, and Moses left the, the Pharaoh and, and then God started working. He started doing those 10 plagues. You remember? And, and, and I don't, I don't remember all of them. I, I wrote them down. There was a plague, the, the, the plague of the blood, where the, the water turned to blood, blood, and the frogs. There was frogs everywhere. And Moses said, I mean, Pharaoh said, yeah, I'm going to let you go. And, and, and then he comes back and says, oh, no, I'm not going to let you go. I mean, there's frogs hopping out. They open up the cereal box, frogs hopping out, frogs everywhere. You know what Pharaoh says in that, in that narrative, in that instance? There's frog. I mean, there's frogs everywhere. And he comes back and say, he tells Moses, come back tomorrow. 
and we'll see. I mean, he could have taken care of it right now. Come back tomorrow. He, there was also flies and plagues of livestock and boils and hail and locusts and darkness. Such thick darkness that Moses said you could feel it tangibly. You could sense it. And then there was the la- all these things. Yeah, I'm going to let him go. Yeah, I'm going to let him go. And he changed his mind at the last minute. And then, then Moses said there's going to be a plague of the firstborn. That God's going to come and, and he's going to kill everything firstborn, male female and and animals and he said israel the only way the destruction the death angels passing by remember this the only way for protection is to put the blood i want you to sacrifice the lamb i want you to take the blood eat the lamb just make enough for who's in your home and then i want you to take the blood and i want you to put it on the door frames both on the side the top and on the other side and when the death angel comes by you're, the blood is going to signify that your home is protected. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both male and animals, and I will bring judgment on all of God, on on all judgment on all on all the gods of Egypt. That was harder for me to say than it was for you to listen. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass. Over you, no destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. I, I, I just there, there's not a death angel that's going over our houses and homes, but I do want you to know that there's an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to destroy your house. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your kids. But we have a door of protection, and if we'll apply the blood of Jesus to our homes, he he will protect us. Do you know God has a dream for your home? He wants your home to be a haven and a refuge. He wants it to be a place of safety and peace and atmosphere filled with love and acceptance. He wants your home to be a place where the glory of the Lord is present present and evident to all who enter. I want to ask you the question, is the glory of the Lord manifesting in your home in such a way that people can recognize it and it brings brings, uh, life and hope to those who live there? Or do you barely shut the church, the door, the, the door of your home after church and, and all hell breaks out? Is there chaos and confusion and constant bickering and fighting? Do you, do you fight over unimportant details that, that later you wonder what were you even fighting about? Are bad moods prevalent in their home? Is there tension and conflict? Is there heaviness that per- permeates the air? God says, I, I want to fill your home with grace. I want to fill your love with, with joy. I want to fill your home with peace. It's my desire for my presence to be a shelter and a shield, to, to provide a door of protection over your home and in your life. So when the storms and the rain comes to beat upon you and when the enemy comes to attack, that you'll be a safe haven, that you'll be in a, in a place where, where he that dwells under the shadow of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, where God's covering will be protection and grace and strength. If that's God's desire for our home, and it is, and it's not happening, it's not a lack of unfaithfulness on his behalf, it might be we've not shut the door of protection and opened the door into God's blessing. It might be that that we're allowing things to enter our home that don't belong there and, and shouldn't be a part of it. And and, and I, I, you know, I'm not about blowing up the TV. I am about monitoring what comes on. But I think we have this idea that it doesn't matter what we look at. It doesn't matter what we listen to. 
The Bible says that don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. You're going to be conformed. The, the issue is not am I going to be influenced or conformed. The, the struggle, the challenge, the issue is what am I going to allow to influence or to conform me. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. I, I, know, I know we think these shows uh, don't, they, they really don't matter. I'm telling you, Hollywood has an agenda. It's not just to entertain you. It's to conform you into their, to their lifestyle, to, to, to get you to buy into to a culture, to buy into a, a way of living that is ungodly and anti, anti-family, and it goes against everything that God stands for. And when you allow that stuff to come into your home, what you're doing is you're allowing Satan to get on a saddle and ride right into the living room of your house. It, it affects, it destroys. You want the blessing, you want the favor, you want the grace, you want the protection of God. You have got to shut the door on things that are ungodly, that are worldly, that are influencing you away from Jesus. And, and I'll tell you, you know, some of the music that's out today, and again, I I don't need to be an old fuddy-dud. I'm just your pastor. I want to protect you. I want to help you. That music, it, it, it influences. It infiltrates. And you say, well, 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 I can't control what my kid listens to in their room. I'm telling you, you can control it. That, that might be their room, but it's your house. I, the last time SunTrust Mortgage sent me a house bill, it didn't go to my kid. It went to me. I'm paying the bill. And if you're in my house under my roof, you're going to buy. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to invite the devil. I don't want to invite. And then you say, you're crazy. No, I'm telling you the truth. There is the weapons of a, the, the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And when you allow, when you open yourself up to this kind of stuff, it, it, it allows demonic influences and, and oppression and heaviness. If you want the blessing and favor of God, put the blood of Jesus around the doorpost and shut the door to anything that would contaminate. God's not going to share space with, with, with things that are ungodly and unrighteous. He's not. You, you, you want, there's a door of protection. But, but in that door, you can open or you can shut it. You know, you know what I would say? I say shut the door to perversion and, and things that are anti-God and open the door to God's presence. And, and you know how you do that? Fill your home with worship. Put on some worship CDs. Sing, sing before the Lord. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. John 4 says, if you want the glory of the Lord on your house, it doesn't say it. it just, the, John 4 says, God is a spirit and and. and worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth, and he's looking for people. If you're looking for the glory of God, just begin to worship him, and his, and his glory will fill your home and your life. I, I'm encouraging you to, to fill your house with prayer, and, and you say, Pastor, you don't know what my house is like. Kids running all over the place. Uh, uh, just that, you know, come on, we're going to be late. It's more chaos than confusion. And I'm not saying you got to run a monastery. And I'm not saying you're going to pray like Billy Graham or John Wesley or, or whoever. You just make it not, just, just fill your home with prayer. Fill your home with the worship and the praise of Almighty God. Shut, here, here's another thing you, you want to do. Shut the door on critical, condescending, negative words. I say this a lot. But they're, they're, your words are like bubbles that, that pop in the air, and it creates an environment. And, and negative, hard, critical, condescending uh, words affect the atmosphere. I, I'm encouraged. Hey, you want to shut the door and, on, on, on junk, and you want to open the door to God's blessing? Learn to speak words of life and hope over each other. 
I've heard a lot of people speak sweeter to their cat and dog than they do their husband and kids. They'll get their cat. Well, I don't even know why you have a cat, but they'll get a cat. <laughs> and they'll love on it. Oh, kitty, 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 whatever. And, and then, what are you doing in here? Talking all nasty to, to each other. And I'm telling you, husbands, speak good to your wives. You're the best thing that ever happened in my life. I'm so glad I married you. I love you more today than I ever have. Speak well over your kids. Uh, man, I see so much potential in you and so much possibility in you. I'm so excited about what God's doing in your life. And I, and I see great things in your horizon. Speak words of life and hope and grace. Shut the door on, on things that would, that would hinder your home from experiencing the blessing. Don't you want your home filled with God's glory? Don't you want God, your home filled with your, God's peace and joy and, and love? Then, then, then shut the door on things that would compete with it and open the door with worship and pray. Here, you know what I would do? I would pray over my house. People call, call me, not all the time, but, but, but more, I don't know, Every now and then, they want me to come dedicate their house. And I'm happy to do it. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> I'll do it sometimes. Well, I don't even know why I'm saying that. I'm just saying, I'll send Andrew, Trevor, Barry, and then we'll all come over there and dedicate. As long as we can get a good meal. But here's what I'm saying. <laughs> here's, here's what I'm saying. You don't need me to dedicate your house. You, you got the authority. You, you've got the power of God. And you, you know what you need? You just need to walk through your house and dedicate it to the Lord. And, and here's what I would do. I would go, I would go in the bedrooms and play, pray God's blessing, restful sleep and peace. There, there was a time where my little fellow Michael was having night terrors. And I don't know if you've ever experienced night terrors, but they're freaky for the people that are trying to calm him down. And, and I guess, I mean, he don't remember them, but he would wake up and he was, it was, he was spazzing out for, and, and you, you know, I thought you're supposed to wake him up. I learned later you're not supposed to wake him up. You know, you, whatever, you can Google, they all say something different. But it was a mess. I mean, for 15, 20, 30 minutes, he, he, he wasn't even thinking. It was scary. It was like, what is going on? And Angie and I started praying over his room and praying over him. God, give him rest. Give him peace. We pray the, we pray the power and the manifest grace of God to fill this room. Several nights later, he woke us up not to a night terror, but to laughing and giggling. It was like God replaced the fear with joy. And instead of, instead of screeching and, growling, and hollering, he's laughing. And, but, and from this day forward, he said, yeah, I don't even, can't even remember another night terror. We pray God's, put, go into your kitchen and express God's uh, faithfulness and provision. You, you need to say, God, give us this day our daily bread. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I'd, I'd go into the, to the bathroom and I would just declare God's health over our family. That I would just bless the Lord, all oh my soul and all that is within me. Lord, I'm counting on you to forgive all my sins, to heal all my diseases, to redeem my life from the pit, to crown me with love and compassion, to renew my strength like the youth. Just go speaking God's word over your house. In the living room, sound a dec you getting anything out of this? Sound a declaration of commitment. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Invite the Holy Spirit to fill your home and your family with the fullness of God's goodness and grace. God, you're welcome here. God, we, we, need, we need your prep. Reveal anything to us that needs to go. 
By the authority of the blood of Jesus, I command every competitive spirit to be gone. Rebellion, get out. Confusion and anger, you're not welcome. Depression and sickness, flee in the name of Jesus. God, fill this home with your glory and cause your presence to cause change in the atmosphere and set the temperature in my house. If you want the radiant, manifest presence of God in your home, if you want God's glory to dwell there in a real way, shut the door of unrighteousness and fill it with praise and thanksgiving. Fill it with the word of God and prayer. Speak blessings and promises over one another. Invite the presence of God to infill and infiltrate that dwelling. Invite new management to come in and take over. Management under Jesus and declare that that we're going to begin to follow him. His glory, he promises, will be like a canopy over your home. I'm not talking there won't be never disagreements. There'll still be times where there's a little bit of friction, but, but there will be... There will be forgiveness and, and, and grace. So, so, you know, in our homes, we've got some homes that, yeah, they are built with, with wood and studs, but many of them have walls that are built because of unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and anger towards one another. And, I, and I'm, just, I'm just encouraging you to shut the door on that mess. Begin to, you know, when, when Joshua wanted the walls to fall down, you know what he did? He walked around the city praying and worshiping God. And he shouted unto God with a voice of triumph, and the walls came down. Maybe one of the things you need to do to cause those walls of anger, resentment, tension, friction, is you need to walk around your house, maybe in your mind, maybe literally. You need to walk around the rooms of your house and just, and just declare God's grace over it in Jesus' name. Fill it with praise and worship and prayer. There's a door of opportunity. And what, what God opens, no man can shut. And what God shuts, no man can open. I don't, I don't know... I don't know maybe if that's a word for you tonight, but God can get you where he needs you to be. No man, no demon, no anything can keep you out of God's perfect will if you'll fix your eyes on him and follow him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's a door of protection. God wants your home to be blessed. He wants his presence to fill that atmosphere. He wants you to experience his glory. Shut the door on things that are ungodly and open it up to his grace. There's one more door, and I'll go quick. There's the door of of access where you can enter in and out. This is what he said in John 10, 9. And this is where we get to our I am statements. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. I am the door. In the Old Testament, ancient times, if you were a sheep herder, which it was a very common profession and very well known. And, and in John chapter 10, we'll talk more about it Sunday, about this shepherding idea. But, but this, he uses this language because it was very familiar to the, to the people that he was talking to. And, and they would, they would at, during the day, the shepherd would lead his sheep out and they'd go to, to the pasture and they'd go to the brook to get water. And, 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 and he, would, he would help them during the day. At night, they would come into the, to the sheep gate or the sheepfold. And, and in the sheepfold was most of them back in that day were almost like a fortress. They were built of stone and they had stone all around them. And then they'd even put uh, barbed briars on top of it so no thieves could get in to steal the sheep or no animals could get in to, to, uh, to kill the sheep. And there was one entryway into the sheepfold. It was through the gate or through the door. And there was a doorkeeper at that door at night that protecting and making sure nobody 
got in that didn't have a reason to be there. And here's what Jesus is saying as the door. I'm the door. I'm the gate. I'm the only way to eternal life. I'm the only way. I'm the only way. I am the door to the kingdom of God. I am the door to eternity with Jesus. And I know, well, that just sounds so, so small-minded in, in, a, in, a, in our culture today. It seems so intolerant and so narrow-minded. And so what do you mean, God, you're the only way? And, and, I, and here, here, he, he'll later say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He's not saying he's the best way. He's saying he's the only way. And, and here, here, here's what the Bible says. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The only way you can get access into the throne and the presence of God, it goes through Jesus. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. He, he, he's, the, he's the only way. He, he's the he, he's the way into God's presence. He's, in, he's the way into God's blessing. He's the, he's the way into God's favor. He's the, the only way for eternal life. You, you know, in the Old Testament, the musicians are coming back. In the Old Testament, Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. Remember, they rebelled. And after they got kicked out, God set up some angels around the garden to protect it at the entryways so nobody could come in or nobody could get out. There was a separation between man and God. There was an there obstacle. There was an angel to keep you out. Even in the Old Testament, when we talk about the temple, you remember there was the Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelt. And, and in, outside the Holy of Holies was a curtain or a veil that you could not get through, that the only person that could go through it was a priest, and he could only go one time a year, and he had to go through all kind of purification rites even to go in, to enter in. But when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says the earth shook, and it went dark, and the rocks split, and the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And here's what he's saying. Hey, I'm the access. What I did for you now, now you can go confidently into the throne room of grace that you can find mercy and help in time of need. There's no longer an angel standing outside the presence of God keeping you out. There's no longer a veil that hinders you and, and obstructs you from getting into the very presence of God. I am the door. I am the way. If you want to get to God, go through me. If you want the blessings of God, go through me. If you want the favor of God, go through me. If you want the protection of God, go through me. If you want, if you want this joy unspeakable and full of glory, it runs through me. If you want a peace that passes all understanding, it runs through me. Whatever you want, whatever you, it runs through me. I am the door. I am the door. Listen, whoever enters, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go out and find pasture. There's a door of opportunity. I'm going to pray in just a moment and I'm going to declare over your life that doors of opportunity will open. Doors that men have shut in your face for for months, for years maybe, for decades. I'm praying, I'm believing that God's going to open a door and when God opens it, no man can shut it. Amen. I'm praying over your family. We're going to take a moment and pray for our kids. We've got 145 kids going to the youth retreat this weekend. We're going to pray they have an encounter with God that will change them and turn them upside down. We're going to pray. I want you to pray for your home, that, that, God, that, 
that tension and friction and chaos doesn't have to be the norm. It doesn't have to be the, the this is just what it is. This, we just, this is just how we are. It doesn't have to be like that. God doesn't want that for your home. And then, and then tonight, Jesus is the way. And there's no other way. I, I want to encourage you to press in and, and go after him and acknowledge him as the door, the, not only the creator of your life, the sustainer of your life, the, the way maker in your life. He's our everything. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Lord, we thank you that you've, that you've made a way, that you gave your life, that, that we could have a way into your kingdom. And I pray you'd help us tonight to, to see that, to realize that, to come to know that, and to follow you in Jesus' name.